Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm an IVF warrior and infertility advocate using my platform to spread awareness about infertility. And I'm Elizabeth. I'm a certified fertility coach, life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. I'm here to support and serve the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your baby home and everything along the way. Welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Where we talk about the dreams and dilemmas of life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Okay, welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Today we have Ravid on. She is the founder of the MBaby app. Welcome, Ravid. Hi, thank you for having me, ladies. Of course. So you have a very empowering and inspiring journey of how you started the app and how you got your son. So if you don't mind, let's kind of start from the beginning so you can kind of tell your story. Sure. Um, It's a long story, so I'll try to keep it concise. Um, It started in 2012. I was three months shy of my 30th birthday, and I had a cervical cancer diagnosis. It was very early, um, but it was like, okay, something I need to start like thinking about my fertility. Like they told me that if I had children at that point, that they would have uh, told me to have a hysterectomy. And I was like, what? It was like, just very shocking, even though none of that stuff was really what should have been ever said to me. It was stage one. They just like freaked me out for no reason, but it was my first time I went to an, uh, a, a fertility clinic. And at the time it was just two years for egg freezing have been approved um and so uh, I wanted to freeze my eggs and the doctor was like you're young and you're pretty and you're smart and someone's gonna marry you so you don't have to do this now just like wait and I'm like okay cool um, I basically and then- <laughs> had the same conversation when I was 30 yeah <laughs> and so like you would think that's what you're later. supposed to do that's when you're supposed to freeze your eggs when you're yeah, 30 exactly um but Suddenly, a few months before 35, still single, had been in some relationships, but um, I got a stage four endometriosis diagnosis and my left ovary was no longer functional. And I was like, okay, I guess it's time to freeze my eggs again. But nobody was like, you know, you're infertile now. It was just like, I, I just thought to myself, like, I should do that. My gyno didn't even have a conversation with me about mm. when I should have kids or any of that wow. stuff. Right. So I came to Israel to freeze my eggs. I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And I had a family friend here that was an REI and it was a third of the cost for two cycles. Wow. And so I was like, okay, I, I, I work from home. I'd worked from home for since like 2010. I can do it wherever in the world. And so I decided to be here for three months and to freeze my eggs. Turns out my eggs are horrible. So <laughs> we didn't know until we retrieved. Um, when you do egg retrievals, they don't really test you for everything uh, for the purpose of egg freezing, because they're not saying, hey, you're infertile, you've been trying to have a baby and you can't have a baby. So suddenly during my egg freezing cycle, I'm learning that it's going to be really hard for me to have a baby. And so I was like, okay, seem, looks like I need to have IVF to conceive. And so um, I am an 
dual citizen of both Israel and the US. And in Israel, you get eight rounds of IVF for free. It's like you do pay some. Amazing. So amazing. Yeah. But it's subsidized. And I was like, yeah, I think I'll move to yeah. to Israel for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, the amount of treatment that I got, that was like two hundred thousand dollars worth of treatment. Wow. Um, I mean, I didn't know it at the time because, again, nobody said you're infertile and you're going to have a hard, really, really hard time getting pregnant. They were just like, oh, you should probably freeze embryos next time and not eggs. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, But I had met somebody while I was here in Israel, like right when I moved. And we were um, three weeks in when they told me that I should be doing embryos instead of eggs. And I was like, hey, dude, I'm... um, (laughs) I know we just met, <laughs> but awkward conversation. Mom. Yeah. I mean, I told him that I was like having tests done and that I'd frozen my eggs and all of that stuff. I was very open about my journey and why I was in Israel in the first place. And I was like, um, so they're telling me that I need to do embryos. And um, that would mean that like either you and I can try to do this together or um, I'm going to go with a donor. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, I really like you. And I do think we can have a family together. And I see it. And da, 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 da. And six weeks in, I was already um, doing my SIM shots. And he was um, doing his sperm count testing. And- oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so, we jumped right in, yeah. which in some ways, like the worst thing ever. And in some ways, the best thing ever, because it was a journey that I had to take to get here. Um, there's a lot of pressure for us to succeed and fast or, you know, but we were also like not equipped at all. Like nobody warned us what was coming and the grief that was involved and Mm -hmm. how hard it is on a relationship, like let alone a relationship where you barely know this person and you've never grieved anything. You've never seen them go through anything. You don't know how they react. I don't know how I react to this stuff. It was literally like the first time I've ever failed at anything in my life. And like- You guys are supposed to be like in the honeymoon phase and you're going through some like heavy stuff right off the bat. It's like, oh my gosh, like- Yeah, (laughs) it was a- know each other. (laughs) It was a lot. Yeah, and you do. You get get to know exactly like how the person reacts and Mm -hmm. that person, you know, reacts by giving you the silent treatment. And I'm like, oh shit, like, what's going on here? I need yeah. to talk about this. And, and mm. it was just, um, it was a very intense um, way. Like we did, we did five um, retrievals wow. in eight months. Oh my God. Um, and then we did like, we, like those were like included a natural one. And then we did like one, I needed a break. Um, and the so break how were you coming out of those retrievals? Were you having, oh, they were horrible. Like, um, did you have, you we were transferring mostly fresh Mm-mm. And okay. it was like first cycle, second cycle, first cycle looked okay. Mm-hmm. The embryos were okay. We transferred on day three. We did fresh transfer, uh, second transfer, second retrieval. Um, the eggs were worse, but that was because I did back to back. I ended up in the ER because I was just like my ovary, my, my one ovary was just working overtime and that yeah. was the move. Um, Third retrieval, I stopped midway. We were doing like a mini IVF. Um, so I stopped stems midway. Uh, fourth one, I uh, we were doing a long protocol. My OV trail, my trigger shot did not work and I did oh. not ovulate and I didn't get any eggs. And so oh we ended up getting pregnant naturally and we had a chemical. Oh no. And then when we were ready to start again on another long protocol, down regulation protocol, I had a cyst. We had to wait for that. 
Um, we did an aspiration and a retrieval of an egg for that. And then we did another cycle where we finally had like three, at least grade A day mm-hmm. three embryos. And we were like, yeah, this is totally going to work. And uh-huh. it didn't. Uh-huh. Um, and was this all with the same doctor? Those were all with the same doctor. And then I was like, okay, I got to go get more opinions. And um, I changed doctors and this doctor was supposed to be like an endometriosis specialist and like know everything about what was going on and I was like look like this is how what I react to the best like I was already keeping track of everything that was going on and and he was like no 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 we're gonna do something totally different and I was like okay cool yeah Yeah. let's do be experimental and I didn't have anything to um, to show for that we didn't on day two everything arrested and um and in our WTF uh meeting afterwards he told me that he thought I had too many retrievals and I was running out of eggs oh my gosh um, I didn't even know that was possible it's not possible he's no. full of shit okay um, <laughs> like I mean obviously like, like oh you my can god get- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can get to a point where like your you, your follicles might be more empty, but it was totally just the wrong protocol. He didn't pay right. attention to like the entire history that I had. Uh-huh. He just wanted to do like what he wanted to do um, instead of like listening. And so the next day, my boyfriend calls me on the phone and breaks up with me because he said that he doesn't believe that I'm going to get pregnant um anymore and so he can't do this anymore wow I'm like, okay. oh my god that's why he broke up with you yeah I didn't I mean I've talked to you so many times I didn't know that was actually the reason oh my god yeah look oh, how do you yeah. like me now right right mm-hmm. oh. yeah and so um I took some time to like grieve um mostly like not even our relationship I didn't have the capacity for that I was grieving like um, I knew that I was going to continue by myself, mm-hmm. um, but it was like, I need to grieve uh, that whole family, this picture that I had, where mm-hmm. I was willing to sacrifice like so much, um, even within my relationship. Like I went and I did it with just, just to have a father around. Like I knew he would be a good father. Like that's about it. <laughs> that's about yeah. all I knew about him at the time. Yeah. And so it was like, I was willing to just like go into this whole thing with a stranger just because that's, I had this picture in my head of what the ideal was supposed to look like. And, um, and so I needed to grieve that for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I told myself that like, I, but I don't have time, right? Because this doctor just told me that I'm running out of eggs. Um, So I was like, okay, the day I stopped crying about it, I'm going to make a new appointment with a new RE. That -hmm. took about three and a half weeks. Um, And I went and got a new RE and I was like, look, I am a data whore. I have been keeping Excel (laughs) sheets. I know exactly what I react well to. Like I had done an immunology also um, uh, testing right before that cycle. So like I knew that I had MTHFR and I knew that I needed like specific protocols. I'd done all the research and I was like, this is the protocol I want to do. And he was like, okay, let me just add one more thing. And I was like, cool, let's do it. And, um, and I got pregnant on that first cycle by myself with a donor, the cycle where I basically like chose all of my medication. You were your own doctor. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just like, you know, I, I learned over time, like what my body reacts to also like what works, um, through research and just through our community. And, um, 
And that's where MB came to be because I was like, as I was trying to figure out what was going to work for me, I was like, you know, we're, we're posting on Instagram, all mm -hmm. of our protocols and our mm -hmm. results and we're in message boards and we're doing this, but like, nobody's organizing this information. Like I need to organize all of this data. And then I'll be able to say like this woman with this diagnosis and these hormones, this is the protocol that works for her. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so like, I'm like, okay, I can help women like right now because there is no app for us for like an entire treatment. You can, mm -hmm. there's some that are like glorified calendars where you can put your medication and you can put your, um, and you can put like your appointments, but like you can do that on your Google calendar. You can do that, that on your iCal, mm -hmm. but like what MB does is it goes through you through it with the entire protocol. So from diagnosis, to like your labs and your baseline, how many follicles are you getting? Your your hormones, like so where let me back are up you? A second, Ravid. So yeah, go for it. Take the app and you say, okay, I'm starting my protocol today. I'm the doctor told me to take all these things, and you set you insert it in the app, right? Yes. And every day you do an injection. You put what you put in or every so time. no so you do it like before so yeah when you know like in the before your protocol your doctor gives you your prescriptions he tells you you're going to take these many yeah. for this many days and it may right. it might change um along the way right. and then you're going to come in and we're going to do uh your labs you're going to you know for the most part in most of the world it's estrogen and progesterone from baseline until right. retrieval um same thing with when you're doing an FET and you're monitoring for that, then they're checking your lining and they're checking your, the sizes, how many follicles and the sizes right. of them. And so you're able to follow your entire protocol and we have different protocols depending on, on what you're doing. Um, and you can use even donor eggs or donor embryos or mark that you're a surrogate. We're, we're very inclusive in, in all the different paths that you may take yeah. um, into, into parenthood. And so, um, and you can t say if you're using a sperm donor for, for when you're doing your, your, um, your actual, okay, so your, the, your, your egg retrieval, you're putting how your, you have a report for that, like, okay, how many, um, how many mature eggs did I have? What was my fertilization rate? Then you're going into your embryo report and you have your day three, your day five, six, and seven for your blastocyst. And you have your PGS testing, your PGS, PGT testing. And then you have your transfer. So on this day, this is what we're transferring. And then here's the day that I'm going to have my beta. And so it follows you through the entire thing. And at each path, it also, if you have previous cycles where you've entered information, it shows you where you are comparatively to your previous cycles, to your average. So like if you're seeing that you're getting, hey, you have um, less follicles than yeah. you usually do at this stage, you should be calling your doctor and saying right. like, hey, maybe we need to up the yeah, stims awesome. or, or overstimulated or whatever. Yeah. Or if you notice like your progesterone is jumping up before you do a transfer, like, Hey, that's, that's bad news. Right. <laughs> progesterone has to stay low until you trigger until you yeah. ovulate. So like, so like, Hey, I need Centratide so I can like lower it. So these are the right. things we're trying to empower you today, like to be able to advocate for yourself. There's a community section that's very active where everybody is supporting each other, but you know, the main goal, um, the thing that's like near and dear to my heart is being able to one day we're going to use uh, data science and AI to be able to do two different things. One is um, look at your diagnosis and say, hey, a woman that fits your profile usually also is positive for this. 
mm-hmm. you should be getting, you should get an error test or you should yeah. be getting tested for, for, for immune or for, yeah. for antibodies, like things that are not as common right. that we have to co- go and ask our doctors about yeah. because we've heard some other lady getting tested mm-hmm. for it. Like this is going to be based on science. So like we have over 7,000 users right now. Awesome. And so we're doing this based on like, we have thousands of women around the world and we're going to be able to like really profile and keep it specific. Like I have a whole theory about endometriosis that most women with endometriosis probably have a blood clotting issue because if there's literally clots of blood right. on your uterus, you probably have a blood clotting issue. And so that means that you need to be taking a blood thinner when you're right. doing your transfer. And in some cases, it might mean that you need to be doing blood thinners when you're doing your, before your retrieval, like mm-hmm. when you're doing yeah. stimulation, because it means that your bl- blood has to pump in order to get those hormones to the ovaries for them to mature properly. So right. yeah, such a big part of all of this. What I love so much, Ravid, is just educating women, right? I mean, I've had people say like, I have endometriosis and I have, you know, it, it's an egg issue. And it's like, well, it is now, but what is it really, right? What, where does it start and begin? And I think just the pure education of something is so important. And I think giving them a full picture of all of these things. And then, like you said, profiling to certain areas, I think is so helpful. And for me, it's all about normalizing the conversation around fertility and, and getting the message out about education and learning about your diagnosis and, or, being able to help self-diagnose, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like this, Mm -hmm. I have pain here. This is what my period is like, you know, what does that mean? And I think all of these types of technologies are such a great thing. So, I mean, kudos to you and 7,000 people. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Were you a developer before? No. (laughs) I mean, this is like digital marketer. I was a digital marketer and I've done like web design and things like that. And so, I mean, I just was like, okay, what is the journey of the woman that's going through this? Mm -hmm. And um, based on the journey, I designed um, myself the entire app and I did a bunch of research and I went and I asked a bunch of REs a bunch of questions. And I went to, uh, I went to um, all sorts of doctors. I went to the immune doctors. I went to the um, urologists. I went to, to the endo, to the ones that treat PCOS, I went to, and I asked a bunch of questions and mm-hmm. I asked women a bunch of questions, like mm-hmm. uh, the women who are following my, my, um, my journey account and be to baby can attest that I would just like put out like the Q and a on Insta, like, Hey, who has this? Can you uh-huh. show me your report? Like, Hey, send me your blood work. I want to see like what it looks like in different countries. It's, it's mm-hmm. different measurements types right. for different countries, but yet we're all comparing just based on a number. And that's I not, know. it's not the way that we should be comparing. And so the system is doing the, all that math for you so that you don't have mm-hmm. to. Um, and, and it was just like, okay, how can I create the best experience and do this while, you know, uh, while I'm pregnant during a pandemic <laughs> and while I take money out of my 401k to do uh-huh. it. So, so that's, well, that's hopefully been you'll have <laughs> way more put back in at the end of the day. Let's God I hope right? so. Yes. But you know, we are asking for it's for we've made, we've made the app completely free. Um, okay. because it was, it was a subscription in the beginning for some, some of the features, but we've made it completely free because it's 
uh, it's more important for me to get to that mission and that purpose and be able yeah. to, to create that data. Um, but yeah, it does make it challenging for a single woman with a baby. <laughs> and so does it link through to doctors as well? Or do you just physically show them your results or do you have? So like no. So, so we don't, so we decided to go directly to the woman and to the consumer because it would mean that I have to integrate with yeah. each doctor and each clinic right. and everybody has a different system. And so the easiest way to help women was just to go directly to them. Okay. Um, and you know, what happens a lot is that we, we change clinic, we get another opinion, we do things. And so now you don't have, you don't even have to ask your clinic for like, Hey, can I get my file? Like your entire file is right there. You've put in all of your diagnosis, all of your tests. Yeah. Um, can just pull it out you can download for every one of your cycles that you have in there you can do download a report that's like in a pdf or an excel format and it gives you like by day everything that was happening during mm -hmm. your cycle um, mm -hmm. and the results so that you have it all if you do want to back it up it's there and so yeah that's, that's incredible so that. cool and again from my perspective being post now i feel like it's also so important to even because Kelsey knows I'm going through some hormonal stuff, but even to track to say like, this is the trend of my stuff while I was, you know, in my trying to conceive period, mm -hmm. this is how I'm trending right now. Like where are the differences and is that normal or is it really off normal? Right. And I yeah. think just having a place where you can actually have everything, you know, tracked in one place for those of us that are really like geek out on all of these things, I think yeah. it's cool. And, and we, I encourage for sure, every woman that's had a successful IVF cycle, she, we need her info because right now the women that are using the app are, are women that are in the middle of treatments yeah. and we're not going to be able to, until we get more positives, we're not going to be able to say, this is what works. So right. I can only, I can only, you know, identify what protocols work for a type of women. If, if women who have succeeded, um, they, they go in and they put the info in, like even the stuff that failed, what, fa what failed at first and got you to the point where you succeeded. And like, that's what I want to encourage really the community to do is like, no matter where, what stage you are in this journey, whether you're just yeah. getting started, you're in the middle or you're at the, or you've done, or you're not sure if you're done, but you're, <laughs> you're somewhere in there. Um, we, we need that info because that's, what's to help us get women to their babies faster like that's the that's the goal and what some of the users or listeners don't even know is you know joining the app you're almost like a beta like you know putting your info in is helping so many others you know um and you'll be part of like this movement of women that are helping each other like figure out what's best for them and their body you know um so i'm that's so cool that you're doing that because you know, it's so nice to be able to go look and be like, okay, this woman has endometriosis or PCOS and da, 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 da. And you can just kind of look and see, well, what did they do and what did they use, you know, to get pregnant? And it's like, I always come to my doctor for suggestions because they don't realize how much we learn in the community and just being part of Instagram, you know, like I feel like, um, before, like my doctor would always be like, oh, your lining looks great. And I'm like, that's all she would say. Like she wouldn't go in depth because she doesn't think that I know like, oh, it should be at 14 or 12 or whatever. Like, so now she'll tell me because she obviously knows I, you know, am very active in the community, but um, it's good that we're, ha we have a place to keep all this and to kind of go back and refer back and everything. So um, yeah. like my big thing about it is like, look, 
you know, IVF has been around for uh, nearly 40 years now. And when it comes to the actual um, diagnosis and treatment of women, nothing has really changed. There's been a few things that were introduced protocol wise, but, but it's nothing, it's nothing major. The major changes in why IVF is more successful now is because of what's happening in the lab, not necessarily because we're getting a different protocol than what they were using 20 years ago. But I really believe that the way that that changes, the way protocols change, the way to make um, REs really more interested in immunology, like there's only two reproductive immunologists in the US. Oh, that's wow. crazy. Yeah, that's like insane. the only way to get these treatments changed is if the community does it. We uh -huh. have to do it. And right. so like, I'm an infertile and I want to help other infertiles. And so if that's what you want to do as well, like, yes, join that mission with us. Mm -hmm. Because at, at this point, us being able to share that information, to organize that, to, to build that algorithm on top of it, I feel like that's the only thing that's going to create changes. It still takes an average of eight IVF you know, um, cycles, whether it's retrieval or transfer to get a woman under 35 pregnant. That's crazy. Nice. That's like huge financial debt. That's like emotional and physical debt. like trauma. Yeah. It's like all of these yeah. things that we have to go through and like, seriously, like I it's called. I think that divide that's coming way closer to Kelsey's point because the amount of, you know, intelligence now from the consumer perspective, walking into those offices, they're, they're pretty much calling the shots now. Right. So right. that's narrowing a lot because yeah. they're pretty much saying, and if you're not going to listen to what I have to say about my body, I'm going to the next guy yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Um, and so from my perspective, that's kind of what I'm teaching every day is advocate for yourself. Here are the things to go in to ask if they, you know, don't give you what you want to hear ask more questions and, or maybe it's time to move on. But I think I'm hoping that that gap is narrowing just by the pure fact, like Kelsey said, that they do know more and apps like mBaby are going to help them really have the tools visually to show them, like, look at, you can see where we are now, where we were then, because you know, I hate to say it. A lot of times you walk into that office and they're going from office, to, you know, room to room and they're not really looking, okay, where did we compare to last time? You know, mm. what do we, you know, are we overstimulating this person or understimulating this person or whatnot? So bravo to you again. <laughs> Thank you. But yes, it's, it's about advocating. And I do think that even if you're, you're prepared to go to the next guy, you know, as a person who's been to, to six opinions and with three, REs, I can tell you that each one has a different opinion, yeah. even though you're still the same person with yeah. the same diagnosis. So yeah. why is that? Why is this so subjective? Um, and they, you know, I, I, with, right? well, they love to tell us that every woman is different. And so, yeah. you know, don't compare and you, maybe you shouldn't, but I do believe that if you in data patterns, and so if you take thousands and thousands of, of data points, you're going to find a pattern. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do. Awesome. So where can people find you and find more information and support you? So on Insta, we're at MB app and then, um, also, uh, uh the website mbapp.com and then you can just look up mb in the app store on ios or on android in the play store and we're, we're right there even if you just look for ivf 
on Android, we're number one right now. And on Apple, we're number two. Good for you. <laughs> um, and that's E-M-B-I-E, just so people um, are confused on how to spell that. But um, yes. Yeah. And do you suggest to, for people to go back to old cycles and input that whatever information they do have or whatever Definitely. they remember, or whatever. because that way, that way you can use the comparison tool. Yeah. So you can, okay. it, it compares every single report. So from your labs to your uh, egg report, your fertilization, it'll tell you like uh, you average this much and this time you did this much. And so you don't have to do that math anymore yourself. Right. And I always encourage everybody to always get your result, keep your results with you anyway, because, you know, if you go back to your RE two years from now, they're going to charge you for your file. And sometimes some of our files are pretty thick. So it's always better to get it as you go along and put it into this app. And then you obviously have it electronically at that point too. So yes. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me and, and yeah. always supporting Kelsey. Thank you so much for of the opportunity. Course. Oh my gosh. I love how I always love talking to you. Thank you. And I also just want to add in real quick, like, you know, society paints this picture of what our family should look like or how your family should come about. And I just always appreciate you being so open and honest about your story of just being a single mother by choice. And like, um, I just like, yeah, like kudos to you because you're doing so much for the community and then being a single mom and, you know, everything for the app. And you're just like, you're a superwoman. So <laughs> thanks. I mean, I mean, I do want to add that, you know, we use the single uh, mom by choice. I don't necessarily think that I had a choice, but it was, but it's something that if I had to do over and over again, I would continue to totally. choose. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we're just faced in this journey with things that we never thought decisions we never thought we'd have to make ever. Oh, yeah. um, and, and that was my, you know, major, major one. But I'm so, so grateful. I wake up to this huge smile and oh. this baby who hugs and kisses so oh. hard. And I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations again on both, both your eight babies. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ravid. We'll talk soon. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Pretty Little Tribe. And if you related to this episode, take a screenshot and hashtag Pretty Little Tribe because we want to see those in our DMs so then we can share them in our story too and give you some love back. Of course, if you have a topic idea or want to be on the podcast, email us at prettylittletribe at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks again for joining your tribe today and we will see you next time.